Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we don't have... She's asleep. She got too tired <laughs> while we were taping the episode, which is fair. It's very late. It's been a long day. It has. It's been a fun week. Um, and before we get into this episode, which is another one of Paige's episodes, it is very good, very fun. I had a great time, and... I'm going to be honest, I love me some fucking British history. Dude, it's, I'm telling you, you need to watch the Tudors. It's so good. I'm definitely going to get into you it. You need to see Henry Cavill naked like all the time. Uh, but before we get into that, we've got a we've got some news and review. Um, we've got two pieces of news today. The first one being that we are doing a cult podcast, Secret Santa. Yay! We want to put the emphasis on handmade gifts because we mm-hmm. think they're dope, but the limit is $20, and the last day to sign up is the 15th. Of November. Yes. Remember, remember, the 15th of November. And if you want to be a part of it, you're going to need to join the Facebook group because that's where we're organizing it. Yes. So if you want to join our Facebook group, you can go to www.coltpodcastshow.com, and then all the way at the bottom, there is... Um, a link to go to the Facebook group. It literally just says Facebook group. You click on that, you join, and then you can join our Secret Santa. It's marked as an announcement, so it's at the top of the page once you join. Mm-hmm. Um, next, we have a Patreon. Yay! That's where all of our bonus episodes are. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have some really cool ones coming up. There's one that's a companion episode to this episode. We'll mention the topic a little bit in this episode, but we're going to go into greater detail during the speculation zone. And we have a super special guest that we're very excited to have on the podcast. Super fun. It's going to be a blast. Yes. And if you want to learn more about our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. And before we get started, we've got a five star review. Uh, This one is from wife of the poorest rich. Okay. Do you think his name is rich or do you think that they're like the like poorest upper, rich people? Upper lower class, yeah, somehow. Uh wife of the poorest rich says, Husband drank the Kool-Aid too. A coworker turned me onto this podcast a few months ago. I would listen while doing crafts or cleaning at home while my husband was at work and fell in love with you guys. Oh boy. I'm taken, (laughs) but I'm flattered. On a road trip back to Ohio with my husband, whom I thought was sleeping, I was listening to part one of Terry Hoffman, and he asked what I was listening to. I started the episode over, and we enjoyed the podcast the rest of the trip. Now, on every trip we take back to Pennsylvania to see family, it is the only thing that plays through the speakers. It breaks up the long five to six hour drive. You guys are amazing. You bring a lot of information, but keep it light when you can. We definitely have drank the Kool-Aid and there is no looking back. We deliberately told you not to drink that. (laughs) It's the one thing. It's like every episode. At the beginning and end. Yeah. Also, what I think is great is that basically what you're telling us is that every time you take a drive, you listen to five or six uninterrupted hours of us, <laughs> which means we're effectively brainwashing you. I don't even do that. No. I do it sometimes when I'm editing, but not that much. <laughs> oh, no. I just mean like sometimes I'll be quiet because I'm a lot. <laughs> and I was like, I don't need to hear this all day. <laughs> So, uh, without any further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello. 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 Wow, I can't go high at all, which is ironic for how often I get high. Praise Jesus for the dome. <laughs> Don't 
drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Andrea Gazetta. Yay! And it's my week again. Yes. Thank Jesus for the dome. Let's do this <laughs> shit. I'm half thinking we need to make Thank Jesus for the Dome merchandise. <laughs> I just there's flat earth mugs that just say thank Jesus it's for the dome. We, we Okay, here's the thing. We market them as flat earth mugs, and when they show up, it's just a picture of a mug. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's definitely flat. I don't know what I was expecting. Flat, I don't know why no one's made flat earth coasters before. That seems oh like it's just am- amazing. Oh, my God. Oh, but yes, so good. we I'm, are back. I'm are just back. imagining you with a mug, but then at the bottom, when you drink all the coffee, it's just Jesus's face <laughs> judging you, <laughs> but with an astronaut helmet on. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming to our merch meeting. <laughs> we'll start the episode in a second. But uh, how about red mugs that say "definitely not Kool Aid"? <laughs> <laughs> Those are actual. That's a real one. That's a real uh, possibility. But with flat Earth coasters. Ooh, I love it. Or flat Earth saucers to go with them. <laughs> oh man. Well, we're gonna talk about a lot of merchant ships today, so this will make sense. It, it makes it a little bit easier if you think of instead of um, terrible stuff, they were just hauling cult podcast merchandise. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I fly the flag of stamps.com. <laughs> 34 packages go in the mail. 23 get delivered. Our postal system is. <laughs> so this is week two of new religious movements in colonial America, a.k.a. pilgrims, separatists, Puritans. When we last left our separatists, they had gone from England to Holland to escape religious persecution. Holland back to England because they were hella poor mm-hmm. and then hopped on a boat too late to make it across the Atlantic in time to avoid a harsh winter. Yeah. And to understand their journey and their beginning of their exodus from England a little bit, we kind of have to go back in time, about 150 years to be exact. So before you go forward, just so that I can be sure about this, these are the first people to discover that it is absolutely impossible to travel in America around Thanksgiving. That's what you're telling (laughs) me? Kind of. <laughs> In a way. That's where it all began. <laughs> Actually, it all, as far as white colonialists are concerned, mm-hmm. it begins in 1492 with consummate asshole Christopher Columbus. Oh, God. Uh, that dude has murdered more people than, like, anybody, almost. Like, I'm pretty sure Hitler's the only person that's killed more people. But you might be able to argue that because of long, like, 
long, far-reaching things, Christopher Columbus is probably responsible for more death than Hitler. Hardcore asshole. Anyway, in 1492, he launched from Spain and sailed across the Atlantic. It was one of the first times anyone white had done so. We don't really know what else other people have been doing. Allegedly, Vikings had also come. Who knows? But as far as England is concerned at this point... Now they're in like a space race, but with the ocean. Okay. It's, it's kind of like the Cold War, but it's the sea. <laughs> because the frigid war, if you the will. The frigid war, if you will. At that point, because Spain now is establishing colonies across the Atlantic, England feels like they have to as well. Because mm-hmm. now Spain is dominating the Atlantic Ocean and England, well, the, the United Kingdom dominating domination i didn't know the ocean was a sub but that makes a lot of sense i mean (laughs) the the ocean bent over and took it the Um, ocean looked at spain and went yes daddy submarines Mm -hmm. hadn't even been invented yet (laughs) Um, but that periscope is nice (laughs) (laughs) it gives new meaning to the word sextant oh my god joke thanks uh so England had not been as successful. Mm -hmm. They weren't actually able to get anybody across the Atlantic until about 1587. So in August 1587, about 115 English settlers arrived on Roanoke Island. And we're only going to spend like two seconds on this because this is the Speculation Zone episode. Very interesting. Hell yeah. Um, And it's off the coast of what we would now call North Carolina. Later that year, one of the colonists, who he was actually the governor of their colony, John White, decides that he's going to sail back to England to gather a fresh load of supplies because they're finding out there's not a lot of supplies for them, at least not that they're familiar with, in the actual colony. Boy, howdy, John White's got to be the most European name I've ever heard in my goddamn life. We're going to come up on a couple others. There's at least one John Smith, but. Oh, my God. This is basically, and and we'll see pretty much every expedition encounters this where they don't know what's across the Atlantic. So they just show up assuming it's going to be like where they're from. And then they get there and they have no idea what to do. And they don't really have supplies and they're struggling to survive. So the same is happening here. It says here that John White's middle name was Boat Shoes. Is that? (laughs) I heard it was Polo Shirt. (laughs) Um, John, do you know who my father is? White? (laughs) So uh, he decided to sail back to England to get supplies and bring them back but just as he arrived a major naval war broke out between england and spain with elizabeth the first in charge now some of you did send things to us about elizabeth the first killing a ton of catholics of course she did we just only had an hour yeah we kind of got a blah 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 over some stuff it's she's also regard in at least as far as history has remembered they remember her more kindly than other people Not so much. If I'm remembering correctly, and please, please correct me if I'm wrong, because otherwise they will. Um, (laughs) But Elizabeth came after Mary, right? Yes. Yes. She's younger than Mary. So it probably stands to reason that why most 
people like us regard her as a nicer person is by contrast maybe that that is probably accurate as well yeah because she doesn't bloody mary is so terrible that in america if you say her name three times in a mirror she'll pop out and scare you yeah That's just like, like candy man <laughs> yeah. or if you say her name one time at a bar they'll give you a disgusting beverage Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> clamato <laughs> Now, I'm convinced no one's drank a Bloody Mary that hasn't been hung over. Who needs alcoholic gazpacho? No one. <laughs> Especially not in the morning. She gazpacho called, is not good soup. She, Fight me. She tried my stepmom's uh, michelada when we were in Palm oh, Desert. Oh, I can't do micheladas either. That's how she described it as gazpacho. And my, my, my stepmom started laughing and looked over to me and went, you do love white women. <laughs> In all fairness, there are both clams and tomato in it. Yeah, it's basically if Gross. you take gazpacho yeah. and you pour a Bud Light into it, <laughs> yes. ipso facto michelada. Yeah, so. that's basically it. Uh, that You're accurate. And if you put vodka in it, you're in Milwaukee. <laughs> there you go. So he arrives back in England. There's a huge war going on, mainly because... Elizabeth I is trying to get people across the Atlantic. Spain controls the ocean. So Elizabeth I calls on every available ship to basically fight the Spanish Armada. And so he's not able to get back across the Atlantic Ocean for three years. And when he finally does, everyone is just gone. Damn. Straight up disappeared. No sign they were ever there. So in 1606... King James I, who we learned is King James VI of Scotland, the okay. first of England. Thank you. We know him more as LeBron, though, right? Yeah, totally. King uh, James. <clears throat> LeBron James. <laughs> famous basketball player. Why are you? She's looking at me like she doesn't know who LeBron James is. Sports. LeBron <laughs> James had his own hubba bubba chewing gum flavor. Put some fucking respect on King James, please. Are we calling him King James? Is that a thing people call him? Yes. I've never heard. This I don't before. think that's real. They've never said this in any of the Sprite commercials. Maybe you fucking <laughs> live in Los Angeles for your whole life, and then you get a new appreciation for LeBron James. Also, uh, that gum was fucking delicious. It's lemonade flavored. Mm-hmm. So, uh, King James the First in 1606 decides to start up a new venture, which is the Virginia Company to try and form a successful settlement in North America. Because again, right now Spain is controlling fucking everything Mm -hmm. and they need to make some sort of landfall to maintain basically their foothold as a world power at the time. Yeah. This is in, in this terms for people that need to understand, this is the country equivalent of needing to post on Instagram. So you're still relevant. (laughs) Yes though. I mean, it's, It is very similar to the Cold War in that it's this idea of there's kind of an unease between the two countries. And there's actually basically right after this is the Thirty Years War, which involves most of Central Europe. Mm -hmm. So it's just bad all over. And everyone's trying to try and claim whatever's on the other side of the ocean. Well, because the more space you can claim and when Columbus got to america he was bringing gold back and that gold 
as we spoke about last week, it actually inflated the costs or it, it inflated the currency in Spain so much that it caused their economy to crash briefly. But the, it's giving them resources to fund these wars that they have going on. And that's basically the main reason they're trying to get people over there because England doesn't really have a ton of resources left except for people and boats. They're and a tiny ass island. It's not that bad, actually. It's so vinegary. When when I was in England, that's why their teeth are bad. That is true. But I I had the best. Wait, breakfast is that in... racist? Can I not? Say that's that? not racist. You're also white, so you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when I was in England, I had the best breakfast sandwich of my entire life. Okay. Really? Yeah. Was it a Bloody Mary? <laughs> it was not. It was not gazpacho in the morning. <laughs> but it was an English muffin, like the size of, oh, of a, like a bagel. They just call them muffins there whatever uh, <laughs> with eggs and then it was like aged white fresh cheddar it was so good i dream about that sandwich sometimes all right when i was in england i had a uh, eggs benedict or as they called it eggs aligned with the throne <laughs> <laughs> like benedict arnold yes okay I've never been to England. I'm not fancy like you bitches. They don't call it hollandaise sauce. They call it vacation sauce. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So as far as England was concerned, they basically named everything across the Atlantic Virginia from Florida north. Okay. Was Virginia named after Elizabeth I, also known as the Virgin Queen, because she never married, but she was probably still getting that dig in. So that's like <laughs> nice. That's like nice. that's a transcontinental burn of somebody being like virgin. <laughs> we know it over here now. <laughs> it was because she didn't want to give up power. Yeah. Uh, and also might have been fucking Sir Walter Raleigh. Who Damn. knows? He was married to somebody else, also named Elizabeth. But like allegedly is that where raleigh north carolina is named after is that a real most place? likely yeah okay. uh he was one of the first legalized pirates where, wow. where oh yeah the country of england was just like yeah feel free to pirate all you want dog as long as it's not us so they named it all virginia uh and they kept sending ships there or kept planning to send expeditions there because they wanted to find a route to the other side they thought the west coast yes they thought they would get there and then find a river or something that went all the way through they had no real idea how big the country was not planned but that's what lewis and clark are looking for they thought it was gonna just be like a quick little jaunt and then they could go to india get them spices that's exactly what it was i know that we're making fun of how stupid they are and how it's like oh but everything's different now i don't know if you've seen anybody from a different country come to america where they're like yeah we'll hang out in los angeles and then we'll drive to san francisco (laughs) and then we'll just take a quick little trip to vegas and it's like those things are days apart you have no idea the magnitude of our country I, I well it's even just the magnitude of Los Angeles because everything's been on fire and yeah. we just constantly get texts from people that don't live here like is your house okay and I'm like yeah I can't even see the fires yeah. <laughs> like I'm not I can't even smell the smoke on this one it's way far away anytime somebody texts me hey are you affected by the fire I text back that's sweet thank you <laughs> I'm glad you think I'm rich enough to live in that area <laughs> so at this point, the trip across is treacherous because there's hella pirates. Some mm-hmm. are on your side. Some are not. The Now that Elizabeth is no longer in power, James I is in power, and she kind of left him with a war 
and a huge, huge deficit money-wise. She spent a ton going to war, and it was money that they didn't exactly have. So he's now trying to continue this war with no money. And his only hope to get that money is across the ocean. Ah. And so he starts enlisting merchants to basically like, will you partner to fund these voyages for the crown across? And so after Roanoke, people are a little more like, no. I heard motherfuckers go missing. I heard they disappeared, though. Shut up, y'all. I'm trying to get them to go. No, it's great. It's named after virgins. It's wonderful. No one fucks over there. Unless you're into that, then everyone fucks over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's just, it's great. It, there's Everything's made of candy. <laughs> I also love how you're explaining uh, Queen Elizabeth the first, right? Yes. She just sounds like George Bush. Just like she left us with a war we didn't want <laughs> and a huge deficit. First of her name, orange of her hair. <laughs> George Bush, second of his name, first of his war. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Was, wow. They he, hate he kinda, people. He kind of just finished his father's war. It's a whole thing. So eventually they form, and it's a couple different merchants form the Virginia Company, and they round up a hundred colonists to go across the Atlantic. So this is second try, first try, disappeared. Gotta be pretty brave to be like, I know they disappeared, but... What are the chances we all disappear? I'm pretty sure we got this. Uh, I'm not here to make friends. So... (laughs) I'm here to get eaten by wildlife. Mm. Yes. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the ship. This is where we work. This is where we shit. And that is for confessionals. Now... (laughs) The juicier the drama, the more likely you'll get screen time. Oh my time. God, let's write what, like a reality <laughs> show on this. I want to hear reality TV pirate ship confessionals. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> that was my yogurt in the fridge. <laughs> and Two I yogurts s- go in, one yogurt comes out. <laughs> She's fucking lying, I'm telling you, man. I thought Becky was into me, but it looks like she's just all over Chad. And what do I even do with that now? Chad was throwing me serious vibes that he was into me. Turns out it was false flag. He was really just jolly for Roger. (laughs) Chad borrowed my peg leg. He said he would give it back. But I haven't seen him in days. I don't know. I'm you just ever imagining... notice he's walking funny after he borrowed me peg leg? Oh. I'm just imagining. It was for butt stuff. I hope that was clear. <laughs> yeah, that was because it smelled weird when it came back. Which channel is this on? There's only like a 30% chance it makes it to air. Renee was looking at me weird. And when I confronted her about it by throwing me grog across the table <laughs> at her, she said she was sorry, but she didn't mean it. And I don't need any drama. <laughs> I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> anyway. Meow. So 100 colonists mm-hmm. leave England in late December of 1606, which means if they're leaving in the winter, they're going to get there. In the spring. Yeah. And the show's not even going to air till the fall. Yeah. And then one of them is going to make like $50,000 on club appearances. It's going to be real strange. Uh, So they left on three ships, the Susan Constant, the Godspeed, and the Discovery. And they reached what is now, or what we now call the Chesapeake Bay, in April, which is ideal for landing and establishing 
Susan, a colony. The Susan Constant sounds like a placeholder name for a boring girlfriend character. <laughs> I mean, Susan's always been there for me, you know? I mean, her butt's flat and she just lays there when we're having sex, but Arr. she's got my back. <laughs> Her butt is flat like we believe the earth is if you believe in some <laughs> textbooks. It's very stupid. It's Arr. not. So they land there in April. Ideal for starting a colony unless you're landing on a place where other people already live, which is exactly what happened. Ruh-roh. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so uh, they land there and their commander of the, the ship, uh, Christopher Newport, and Captain John Smith. A whiter name than John White, oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, who was a former mercenary. Uh, they land and actually get to a settlement site on May 14th, 1607. John Smith used to murder for money. No, let's make him the protagonist. Send him <laughs> to the new world. Disney, write this down. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. confusing. It's so confusing. Yes. The, the Disney Pocahontas film is very inaccurate. The they start to establish their colony and they call it a couple different things before they settle on Jamestown. They went with James Fort, Jamestown with an E, and James City, and then settled on Jamestown, no E. Um <laughs> What was this meeting? I don't know whether I think we could call it Funville. Yeah. Maybe we should be like gardening or like building a shelter. No, we meetings. gotta name it first. Funville doesn't have James in it. You're missing the point here. <laughs> um I like James Fort. That's my favorite James, one. James Fort. Um, so they did manage to build a wooden triangular fort. Uh, with a storehouse for weapons and supplies. They had a church and a handful of houses. And by the summer, about 40 of those crew members went back. So they left the 100 colonists there, but then there was an additional 40 crew for the ship. So they went back to England to get supplies and to basically report back to the king because the king had a vested interest in it. We'll be right back, I promise. Uh, Definitely not going to leave you for three years and then come back if I you disappeared. Good luck, man. This always confounds me when you talk about how, like, you're like, oh, 100 people left. But then there was also this crew of 40 people who, for whatever reason, agreed to, like, risk their lives. Yeah, oh, and they just work on the ship. Yeah, yeah to I not mean, even really better themselves. What kind of fucking... Well, some these... of them are indentured servants. Oh, okay. That makes more sense because in my mind, I was like, who is being ye old Uber driver and agreeing to this <laughs> fucked... Yeah, I'm really just uh, I'm really just sailing ships until my comedy career takes off. I've got tiny water bottles that you can plug in your auxiliary cord if you want. <laughs> so you travel a lot for work, or <laughs> how long have you been driving for Uber? Um, so the colonists who stayed behind uh, suffered pretty terribly from hunger but as well as illness they caught typhoid and dysentery because they didn't know how to decontaminate their water and they were drinking out of the nearby swamp jesus this is some organ trail ass yeah yeah it's because white people don't know how to do anything straight up as soon as you said dysentery i wanted to go do 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 it is (laughs) not the only time dysentery is going to come up in this episode oh no it's such a horrible way to die yeah it is it is 
what is it exactly? I assume it it's is, how Armando's gonna die, but yeah, probably <laughs> mostly from lactose intolerance. It's extreme diarrhea. Okay, <laughs> you literally shit yourself to death. That was my understanding, which makes a lot of sense because I just said this recently, but it explains who I am as a person. I eat like I'm going to live forever, but I shit like I'll die within the hour. <laughs> That is on the Torres family crest. It's just an extra roll of toilet paper. <laughs> and instead of a toilet roll holder, it's just a mozzarella stick. Oh, what? This is such a gross visual. So as if swamp diarrhea wasn't enough. Oh, God. Actually, literal swamp ass. Literal swamp ass. Oh, God. Uh, The colonists also lived in constant fear of being attacked by the local Algonquian tribes because they were on their land. (laughs) Like, everything I read phrased this as like, yeah, they kept attacking them. I was like, yeah, because they showed up and just built a fort. In their front yard. Yeah, they're fucking raccoons. Yes. They just showed up and were eating the garbage. They're just trying to get rid of them. Like, they're trying to evict them is what they're doing. Like- Imagine you go outside and a gang of raccoons have stuck their stupid fucking flags in your yard. And built a trash fort. And, even, and half of them are just shitting to death and then just lying there. And they're hunting your game. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, using your resources. Let's say that you're like, hey, we always go to this one place to get lumber. And then it's just fucking gone because they built their weird triangle fort. In this analogy, you have a massive backyard. It's like when you go, it's like when uh, you find a brunch spot that you really like and you can always get a table on Sundays and then the, the neighborhood starts blowing up and people come to your brunch spot and then you can't get a table anymore. One time there was an open mic that I loved and then a kickball league found that bar. Jesus. So no. fucking terrible. So yeah, this is literal gentrification in the first... Oh, I guess that is what I was describing. Yeah, but violent ex- because the Europeans have fucking guns Yeah, versus the native tribes who were just plain old existing until these assholes showed up. Now, these may not have been the first white people they have seen. We don't know what happened to the initial settlers of Roanoke. Okay. One of the theories is that they joined the tribes. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We'll go into it in further detail in the speculation zone. So it's possible that these are not the first. But regardless, they were very afraid of the local tribes. All of the tribes also seem to be organized into a kind of cohesive nat- like nation state under Chief Powhatan because they are people who have organized into a society. And I don't know why this is so surprising to people there's people like we just showed up on other people's front yard. I'm just I got real tired of reading essays where they're like, and then the natives came out of the forest. I was like, no, you landed anyway. <laughs> so eventually an understanding was reached between Powhatan and John Smith, and they decided to trade between the tribes and the Jamestown settlement in early 1608, although they still fought Uh, They were able to trade for the things that the colonists had, primarily weapons, was a big thing. So they basically were at a point where they were like, yeah, take our weapons so we can have food. So now we're a little more equally armed, still not completely, 
but it's purely so that they can survive. Now, after John Smith returned to England in late 1609, the colony almost failed again. They went through a horrible, harsh winter because, again, they are not used to this level of winter. Yeah. England gets cold and it gets wet. This is frozen ground. Like, this is unlike anything they've ever experienced and they don't have the comforts of home. They don't have the resources they need. They don't have the familiarity. And so they're kind of shit out of luck. And because they're not exactly on great terms with the tribes, like they're trading, but that's about it. They don't have the tribes to basically give them the knowledge to survive. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, why would they help them? They're invaders. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so they called this the starving time. Over a hundred colonists died because at this point there's been now two ships. So there's a little over a hundred, but this leaves is about two thirds of them die. Wow. During this one winter. Wow. Yeah. Um, they, uh, the accounts uh, describe people eating pets and their shoes, um, but also cannibalism. What? A little bit of cannibalism. This is Jamestown? This is Jamestown. I'm... I know this is the part that I shouldn't focus on. Please do. But the way that you phrased that sentence made it sound like you were saying they ate their pets and their shoes. And, and I, their pets' shoes? I thought you meant like their pets and their pets' shoes. I don't know if you've ever tried kitten mittens, but they're delicious. <laughs> oh my God, that's adorable. Um, in John Smith's absence, George Percy took over the colony and he actually wrote... And now famine beginning to look ghastly and pale in every face that nothing was spared to maintain life and to do those things which seem incredible as to dig up a dead corpse out of graves and to eat them. And some have licked up the blood which hath fallen from their weak fellows. Jesus. Yeah. Very poetic though. Real rough. If if that happened today, that's not anywhere like... Back in the day, they found people's writings, and it right. was, like, that beautiful poetry to say that. But, like, now, if this happened, you just find somebody's unsent text. It's just like, yo, motherfuckers eating motherfuckers. <laughs> just a picture of a cheese sandwich. <laughs> world star. <laughs> there's no tense here, and there's no music. Wait. New world star. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, in 1610... As what was left of the colonists at that point were basically fully ready to abandon Jamestown because they're like, fuck this place to death. Wouldn't be this bad if we would have named it Funville Fort, huh? Hi, everybody. Shut up, Brad. Okay. I'm going to go eat a shoe. (laughs) My name's John. Everyone's name is John. Everybody's named John. Uh, So just as they were ready to give up, two ships arrived with 150 new settlers, more supplies, and a new governor for the colony, fresh from England. Hey guys, how's it going? It's been we're we're here. We we came. We made it. How's it? It looks real. F- oh no, you guys are you you're skinny, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Insert Walking Dead Walker sounds. Uh, pretty soon, though, the governor took ill and went home. <laughs> he was like. Fuck this shit. Uh, And his successor, Sir Thomas Gates, 
And his second in command, Sir Thomas Dale, took charge of the colony and made new laws that controlled the interactions between them and the natives. Um, Hey, everybody. Uh, Thanks for, you know, putting me in charge. First rule, never thought I'd have to see this. Um, Stop eating people. Really (laughs) weird. Never had this problem in England. Real strange. And they'll eat anything in England. I mean, that shit is just batshit boring. So... (laughs) Uh, with these new laws against their interactions with the natives came raids. They would start raiding the villages, burning their houses, and burning their crops. And then they began to build other forts and settlements out of Jamestown. So basically further down the river. So they're basically conquering Mm. is what they're doing. And by 1611 had managed to actually harvest their own crops as opposed to stealing the natives' crops. And they had learned a couple valuable techniques from the natives, uh, including how to insulate their houses so they wouldn't die the next winter. Good job. Uh, But they still just kept on fucking killing people. It was pretty bad. Uh, Eventually, in 1614, there was a short period of peace uh, because one of the colonists and a tobacco farmer, John Rolfe, married Pocahontas, the daughter of Chief Powhatan. So uh, he, and, and she had actually at one point been captured and then quote unquote converted to Christianity, but like Stockholm Syndrome. Like basically she was captured, kind of married to somebody. It's it's a little murky and she was also like a teenager at the time. So it's kind of dark. I mean, she seems to live out the rest of her life fairly peacefully, but I don't think she had much of a choice in the matter, which is pretty rough. Kidnapping and an almost genocide? That sounds like a Disney love story to me. <laughs> pretty par for the course, unfortunately. Well, it, there, there's also this weird thing, too, of just like, hey, you have to believe in this god or whatever. And... The way that the Native American belief system was is they were just kind of like, sure. Like, they, they just had, a like, a, a bunch of different, like, gods and beliefs and, like, not necessarily gods, but, like, spirits that that had, like, things to teach. Yeah, it's and spirit so, and ancestral worship yeah, more often than not. So if you're just like, Jesus, you're like, oh, so that's, like, one of your spirits. Like, that's fine. Yeah, they but, were like, yeah. you got to worship Jesus. And they're like, oh, is that one of your dead homies? That's what's up. That's dope. We do yeah, that too. so, like, this thing happens kind of often when people try to bring Christianity into polytheistic or like more spiritual religions where they're just like sure him too like that's what happened like you you can sometimes go to a hindu temple and you'll like see jesus there and it's also just like yeah but him too that's fine yeah yeah but the then the christians get all mad because like no just him and like you don't no, I mean, understand. he's fine, but, like, this guy's cool, too, so, like, This bravo, guy has, whatever. like, six arms, though? Yeah, so. You mm. don't understand. Jesus is special. He walked on water. Yeah, we can't. It's called ice, motherfucker. We do it here, too. <laughs> no, 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 but, like, he put a basket out, and he got fish and bread. It sounds like fishing, dude. You're not convincing me. <laughs> I worship Jesus. I like your friend, but. <laughs> so, in. I'm not going to stop praying to Grandpa. <laughs> So John Rolfe, who is the one who eventually marries Pocahontas, introduced a new type of tobacco grown from seeds from the West Indies, and it helped Jamestown's economy begin to thrive. This was something they could trade back overseas. 
And in 1619, they kind of established a small government within the colony. Uh, that's also the same year that the first Africans, around 50 men, women, and children, arrived in Jamestown. Mm. They'd been on a Portuguese slave ship because at this point, the intercontinental or transatlantic slave trade had begun, although it wasn't quite limited to race yet, although literally a couple years later it would be. Um, they initially worked as indentured servants, but they were still slaves. Yeah. Like they were on a slave boat. Like they're slaves. Um, Wait. Can you explain this real quick? When you say they're indentured servants, you mean the African slaves were mm -hmm. technically indentured servants? Yes. So the concept was that after seven years they would be free? Not necessarily seven, but the idea being you could work for your freedom, but the work was so brutal most people didn't survive it. Oh, my God. Yeah. How? Okay. Yeah. I just like the fact that it's just upsetting the fact that like white people probably knew that this was really wrong and they still did it anyway is just like and for many 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 years yeah like how can you not like how can you think that that's okay ever to do to another person well this is also something that we encounter in their actions with the natives where they act like they own this land like they showed up and it's our land now no people are already here but they just don't see... They don't see them as people. Them as people. That's the problem. It makes me really upset. Yeah. I get it. Like, I know. I understand why. But it's just... It makes me really I hope upset. nobody isolates that part of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, get I get it. it. I understand why they think that. Andrea Gazetta. Okay. You know what I mean, though? Like, I understand that that was a belief that was happening at that time. Yeah. And I understand that that was a fairly commonplace belief. But I, it's just, like, kind of baffling. Yeah. It's it's frustrating. Especially when, you know. It's easier to think that way when people don't speak your language. And when people sure. don't act like you, dress like you, think like you, stuff like that. It's why... Some people who hate Mexicans meet me and they're like, I like you. You're all right. It's because I speak perfect English, more or less. Uh, and when I'm, I'm I feel like I've got some recordings that would make that debatable. I'm going to be very honest. <laughs> I thought dysentery was pronounced dysentery until right this second. <laughs> to be fair, dysentery makes more sense. It does. But I mean, I speak English. I'm very Americanized. And so like it's hard to not relate to me because I have so much in common with people who normally would think of Mexicans or others as a con like a concept, like in an For abstract. Sure. For sure. I just like the, I think what really makes it all very difficult for me is these ties to Christianity. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, this belief that like, do unto the least of me and like all that stuff so even if you believe that someone is different than you like you should still treat them like a person it's but just you like, have to believe that there is someone first yeah, and that's yeah. the problem yeah because i would agree with you because that's why i personally think racism is super stupid and jesus would not have been on board for it because of verses like the least of these but there's also verses in the Bible that are like, slavery is cool. Just give them an earring. 
and a lot of it I is mean, cultural for the time and slavery was a little bit different back in the day but at the same time old testament god be murdering and enslaving people left and right that's so. also new testament a little bit. old world star <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I think I would agree with you that the brown man we all know as Jesus Christ would not be down with modern racism. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, and I I feel like... I know I'm really going out of a limb here with, like, racism bad, but, yeah. like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty like, sure brown Jewish Jesus would not like racism. I also think you got to be a special kind of asshole to look at a book that is hundreds of years old and be like, yep, nothing has changed. Clearly, yeah. this person's not a person. Like, Dude, that's I look, absurd. I look at Facebook tw- uh, posts from, like, two months ago, and I'm like, oh, that's different. Well, and I'm like, there's so much in the Bible that's like, hey, God made everything. Everyone. He loves everyone. So you're just going to ignore all that yeah. in favor of the ones that are like not great. Yeah. So that that's also factoring in here of them being like, well, the Bible says slavery is OK. So I don't yeah. know what you guys are going to do about it. It's it's fucked. But it is good that you're acknowledging its existence in this time period. Um, I mean, we have to. Yeah. Because apparently some people done forgot. And elected ourselves a fucking racist president. So apparently people need to be reminded that being racist is bad. (laughs) Unrelated. Back to the other terrible white people. So uh, 1619 is when essentially the transatlantic, transatlantic slave trade arrives in the lives of the British settlers. In, in America. In America. Okay. There were slaves in England. Okay. Um, not as common and it was way more common to have slaves from ireland or other white people initially but once portugal and a couple other countries really invested in the slave trade from africa to the americas to europe then african slaves became the more common Um, mostly from west africa Mm -hmm. predominantly Uh, So if you remember from last week, the separatists left England in 1620 in September, about three months too early or late, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. The journey was terrible. No one had their own cabins. They were all on one floor of this boat, basically with a bunch of chamber pots and everyone was seasick. People were pregnant fucking children adults fucking comma children fucking comma children Um, so many fluid born pathogens so many all on one floor and they're going against the gulf stream and against the winds which means the voyage takes almost twice as long it is horrific and they have to keep stopping so people can do their drama testimonials where they're like yeah it's just Monica keeps shitting where I fuck. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, Can you imagine having sex on that boat? It happened. Like, people think boats are sexy, but, like... I like to imagine that no. if you have sex, you can just put it in and stay still, and then the motion of the <laughs> ocean... <laughs> That's what they say. It's That's not the size of the boat. It's, it's the, the motion, motion of, of the, the ocean. ocean. Uh, I will say that... This dude bucket to get his dick broke off inside a woman. Have Have either of you been on a cruise? No. No. Okay. Uh, I have no desire. You're not missing yeah, much. fuck boats, bro. Uh, I injured my inner ear as a teenager. Oh. 
and didn't realize that that would impact my enjoyment of boats. And we went on a cruise and I basically couldn't leave the cabin. I was sick the whole time. It was the worst. Uh, did not enjoy the Bahamas. Terrible time. And I'm and I'm not trying to shame you here, but that is a much more... <laughs> it's a very first world problem. It's a much more comfortable boat yeah. than these people were I'm on. pretty sure that they didn't have their own cabin where they were forced to watch the movie Chicago over and over again because that's the only thing the boat had because there was no internet and so it was just they would just show movies on a loop and it was just chicago over (laughs) and over again uh i'm pretty sure that what they went through was worse but i don't know have you seen chicago come on boat you're full of piss and shit all right i gotta get the (laughs) fuck out of here i'm going to america (laughs) across the sea anyway I'm going to straight up, I don't understand cruise ships. Like, I don't understand the appeal. It's like, hey, do you want to be trapped in this internetless apartment building with a bunch of people that you don't like with the same entertainment every day in the middle of nowhere? Well, this is the best time that I could think of to say the cult podcast cruise. <laughs> so when my dad... For just 230 payments of twenty eight ninety nine. <laughs> When my dad and my sister went to Asia on a cruise, Mm. it actually made sense because the boat was always your hotel and you just went from place to place to place and it basically traveled while you slept. Okay, that's fine. That made sense to me. Yeah. Us going to the Bahamas where you have like two days at sea and then you get to the Bahamas for a day and then it's like another two days back at sea. Sucks donkey balls. I get... The thing is, is... There's an archetype of people that we think go on cruises. If you've never been on a cruise before, like you and I, Andrea, we think of people holding like champagne glasses and like walking around the boat being no, like, Ooh. it's the same people at Disneyland. Yeah. They're just yeah. on a boat. That's why like, Disney cruises are the most popular cruises. Yeah. Uh, growing up, I always thought that people who went on cruises were just like the richest, most fanciest people. No, and cruises then, are actually pretty affordable. Yeah, they're t- it's it's it combines antiquated travel methods with questionable shrimp and comedians who stopped caring a year ago. Yes, exactly. That's what cruise ships are. It's just high socks and suntanned noses. I and... I trust seafood in landlocked California cities more than I trust shrimp from a seafood or from a cruise. Well, the one cool thing about the cruise, I couldn't take advantage of this because I was so sick, but like they have pizza and frozen yogurt at all hours of the night and you can, it's free because it's just included sick. with the cruise. You just go and get it and there's a pool and there's a pool. Yeah. There's on the pool. ship in the ocean. I mean, I get why you can't swim in the ocean, but to put a pool seems like almost too on the nose. Here's. Of- you need something to do. I guess. I just, I feel like there's no good cruise. Like, I don't like cruise ships. I don't like the Zodiac Killer. I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Counterpoint, Terry Cruz. Okay. He's pretty Terry. great. I do Terry like him. Cruise he's fantastic. Great. Have you guys heard of the Terry Cruz cruise? For just 200 bucks, Terry Cruz will personally swim you. <laughs> 
across oh, any ocean. Only two hundred dollars? That's <laughs> take amazing. my fucking money. I want that so much. For an extra hundred, you can hold on to his pecs. It's ex- I'll pay it. It's extra impressive because his body fat content is so low he does not float. <laughs> <laughs> he has to be constantly swimming. It's vacation for us and a workout for him. <laughs> I will say I do want to go on a there's a cruise that goes through all the Christmas markets in Germany. And mm-hmm. it's, again, one of those ones where you like travel overnight and it's a river cruise instead. I kind of want to do that, but I'm afraid I'll throw up the whole time. I feel you. We'll get back to the subject on hand. Anyways, the these last, people did not have free pizza. <laughs> the last thing I got to say is the only downside to the Terry Crews cruise is the only movie is Chicago. And it plays on the back of his head. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, man. Uh, During the journey, Stephen Hawkins' wife gave birth to a baby, and they named it Oceanus. Oh, fuck you. It was... Poor baby. They they gave birth to it almost right at the halfway point. No drugs. Did she live? She did live. Did the baby Unfortunately, poor thing. The baby also lived. Ugh. Um, Now, on November... I'm not... Hold on. I'm not disgusted that a baby lived. I want to make that clear. <laughs> I'm just sad for because I know what the baby has to go through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and God, c- delivering in a well-lit hospital is rough. Like, yeah. imagine delivering a, in the dark amongst a bunch of people puking. In I a literal shit hole. In a literal shit hole. I wouldn't even want to deliver a baby on a, on a good cruise ship. <laughs> That would be a really weird Postmates anyway. (laughs) It comes out as just a giant shrimp. (laughs) You were cheating on me with the buffet. (laughs) I thought his name was Jimmy. God damn it. (laughs) Jimmy Buffet. No, Jimmy Buffet. I'm so tired. I'm tired (laughs) of your cheating. I'm going to go spend the rest of this cruise at the all-you-can-eat buffet. (laughs) Well, fuck you, Karen. I'm going to Margaritaville. (laughs) Okay. So. Fuck heavy with Margaritaville, by the way. It's so good. So November 9th, at least two months after they set out from England, by then two people had died on board. Oof. Well, one well, baby did. was born, so really one person one died. One person died. Uh, and a lot of other people were failing fast. Sickness was basically just running rampant. Everyone caught everything. Ugh. When they spotted land. So November, they spot land. They've been at sea for 65 days. And they realize that it's not Jamestown that they see. They're at least 200 miles off course. Um, The only problem was in order to go south to get to Jamestown, they would have to go through this real choppy section of water that might have destroyed the ship. Mm. Or they could go north, and they don't know what's north. So they choose to go north. And they spend about another month going north, sort of. They, They, around... Two days later, they get to Cape Cod, Mm -hmm. but then they sit in the harbor for another month. So even though they're like north, as far as getting off the boat, it's easily another month. They sign the Mayflower Compact, which is basically a constitution for their group of like, these are the laws that will happen. They send a small envoy ashore and they find nothing. 
but they think they may have seen natives. Oh. Now, they know they have heard about natives from the people in Jamestown. They know they exist, but they haven't seen any. They've just seen what they thought maybe were some, but no one got close. They get back to the boat, and they find out that William Bradford, one of the lead um, guys, we talked about him a little bit last week, but specifically this week. He's the one that went to Brewster's house and then got uh, a super into the movement right and while they were gone ashore exploring his wife fell overboard and died damn so she makes it all the way there and then falls overboard uh they finally make landfall on december 15th but there's no harbor so they have to ferry goods a mile in and out from the bay on small ships like rowboats yeah they're, they're using the back of Terry Crews to yeah. take everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they do that for about a week, a little bit more, until December 24th. While they're still ferrying, another woman gives birth to the baby, to a baby on board. Oh, wow. my God. The baby doesn't make it. Oh. No. It's stillborn. And the wife is now very ill, losing blood, things like that. She does survive for a while, allegedly. But she's not in good shape. So as they're ferrying things to a lack of a harbor, basically, they build a common house, basically just one large structure that they can put everyone in and basically be protected from what they believe to be natives that they've been seeing on the coast, which of course they are because it's the natives land. Yeah, it's their home. It's their home. The temperature drops. It, it becomes colder, it's winter, and they start dropping like flies. People are dying left and right. And by February, people are dying almost every day or every other day, and they're still on the ship. They haven't been even, even been able to get everyone off the ship yet. Jesus. And people are just dying on the ship. By March, they had survived what they kind of believed to be the worst of the winter, But at that point, there was another problem because one of the natives walked into the camp and he actually greeted them in English. Oh, shit. In English. His name was Samoset. He told them that the place that they were now setting up camp was called Patuxet and that previously there had been a Wampanoag village there, but everyone there had died of plague. And so they were willing to basically be friendly and trade because they had already lost so many people from the plague. So they were willing to make an alliance with them because they are a large confederation of tribes. They have their own social system, their own society, and they're basically like, hey, we noticed you've been dying a lot. You can stay here if you help us out. We're going to leave someone behind to help you plant food because you're inescapably white and you can't seem to do it on your own but basically the assumption is that you would help us if we need it so we can peacefully exist hey guys um i i don't want to assume you need help but i saw you build a tiny house and bury it in the ground like that would grow a house (laughs) so i'm assuming you don't understand how to grow (laughs) what i like is that when you describe it this way the the native man sounds like America's version of Clippy, 
where he's like, hey there, I see you're trying to survive. Can I help with that? I, I think of it almost more like a landlord. <laughs> that is it's, true. It's like your security deposit is the people who've already died. And then if you <laughs> just don't nail anything into the walls and don't paint, we'll be cool. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. You're not getting your security deposit. <laughs> Um, but they're literally, it's almost like they're accepting them as refugees. Yeah. So, yeah. The, yeah. Which is never how it's painted when we look at history from our perspective. It's it's like they valiantly survived and they settled the land. No, they were refugees in somebody else's land who, yeah. you know, mercifully let them live. I mean, you, you, in order to do what they did. Life was not good for them already. Yeah. You know, like to take that risk, you have to be pretty desperate in a lot of ways. Yeah. But they still, you know, showed up on somebody else's porch and made it their problem. Oh, yeah. By the fall, they'd actually had a successful harvest, mm -hmm. built 11 buildings, seven houses and four common buildings. So like places where they could meet and things like that. The most common buildings. Yes. Yeah. Um, in Edward Winslow's account, there's one single paragraph about this harvest, and it basically said that they celebrated the harvest together. And this is what we often look back at as Thanksgiving. But really, oh. it's it's just the natives being like, you didn't die this time. Good for you. <laughs> Are you telling me Thanksgiving is the ultimate participation award? It 100% <laughs> is. And for a while, things were good because they're just like, well let them live here they're gonna die like they keep dying um but in 1621 a new ship shows up oh fuck and it's full of more col colonists because as the mayflower went back to england and was just like yeah, there's fucking nothing there to trade dude like there's no gold there's no sugar there's no spices this voyage is a failure they were like well you better send colonists over there to make sure it's not a failure and find some shit we can trade. Oh, fuck. They have loan sharks. Loan sharks. down, baby. Because they're at war. It's super. They need the money is what it is. But these new colonists are not respectful of the tribes. And so the natives start to think about trying to overthrow them. It's because there's a bunch of mercenaries, right? Yeah. it's. I mean, it's it's merchants mercenaries and a handful of just regular colonists but their goal is to basically find what they can sell and sell it that's basically why they're there man it's like someone coming to your house and stripping the copper pipes yeah like you're just yeah. like what are you doing get out of here and the reason they're doing it is because your tenant not you but your tenant owes them money yeah jesus it's, it's like if your tenant is dealing drugs and then somebody comes and trashes their house Jeez. so the separatists are now faced with a decision. They're dealing the most dangerous drug, freedom. Freedom. Do they stick together with their native alliance, the people who've helped them so far, or do they side with the other Englishmen and essentially ruin their alliance with the natives? And they side with the Englishmen. No. They hang a young boy and stab most of the local tribe to death. No. What the fuck? And then they set one of their severed heads on a pole in the middle of the village. Puritans, you ain't so pure. Yeah. Um, 
William Bradford married shortly after, and he actually married while wearing a piece of linen soaked in Widowamet, who was the native person who started the uprising, uh, soaked in his blood proudly. What the fuck? They're fucking disgusting. Yeah. What Pinterest board did he get that from? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's horrific, basically. It's before mason jars. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in 1627, England cuts them off and is like, you haven't paid a shit, so fuck you. I mean, you sent yeah. Us, you sent us all this linen soaked in blood like I was going to fucking appreciate it. Right. Every time I come to collect debt, I lose four men at minimum. Yes. I'm fucking done. And possibly a ship. Uh, <laughs> they do manage to start trading in beaver skins. <laughs> That's the only thing they seemingly can get. Yeah. It's in large supply. Yeah. And they can actually trade it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And as they start to have a steady stream of income into the colony, they start to break off into other communities and settlements. But because now the new settlers who came in weren't religious settlers, mm-hmm. the religious minority is overshadowed by the new settlers. And they start to spread out across New England. And what happens at this point is kind of a bizarre hybrid where some religious settlers move outward, um, bolstered by tradesmen from Britain and various mercenaries from trading companies. And these towns kind of function in two forms. On one hand, the town itself is governed and managed often by the religious settlers because they're the ones with families. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're protected by the mercenaries. So you have these harsh kind of religious rules bolstered by mercenaries this is some like i know we made the comparison before but this is really like some walking dead shit where like inside of the walls they're like oh we're trying to be like nice and cool but like to live that life they have to be like murderous terrible people on the outside right yeah god that's fucked and it was a confederation of these in 1626 that caused the initial founding we'll get to it a little bit in just a second uh but that was the initial founding of a town a little bit north of plymouth this town was called salem Ooh. so the 1620s were as we mentioned a pretty rough time for england everyone was hella poor um there had been a puritan uprising uh so in 1603 which we kind of covered a little bit the puritans were demanding that the Church of England changed to be more Protestant and they would not shut up about it like hardcore. And so James, who was already kind of unpopular, uh, was pretty strict initially and would kill Catholics, but also was really strict about conforming to the Church of England. But it was just exhausting and it was getting to be kind of a pain in the ass and they were tired of fighting people. In a move to try and make a cohesive set of texts for the Church of England to use. He authorizes a basically com- compilation of the Bibles they had available. This becomes what we now know as the King James Version of the Bible, still widely used today. He Compressed a, Bibles. Compressed he made Bibles. a compilation album. He made a, a, a best of album for the Bible. Yeah, pretty I much. I mean, more or less, yeah. That's pretty fucking... Now, that's what I call Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not everyone was super happy about it. People got mad. So, particularly, a Catholic uh, named Guy Fox 
uh, tried to blow up Parliament on the 5th of November. Uh, I didn't remember that. The whole V. There you go. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Um, And this basically starts, kicks off this war between James and both the Catholics and the Puritans. Hmm. And he just kind of can't make anyone happy. Um, They were also about to be at war with Spain. And England is balls deep in debt. They're they're fighting on a couple different fronts. And they're sending multiple exploratory trips to the New World. And there's just no income. So they decide that a potential source of income would be to send James's first son, Charles, the Prince of Wales, to marry the Infanta Maria of Spain. If you're a Black Adder fan, this is not that Spanish Infanta. The in, the Spanish princess was always called the Infanta. Mm. Okay, so yeah. she's not an infant. No, it's a very it's a weird title. Okay, that makes more sense because I got really upset for a minute. I was no, like, "What? No, is she's an happening? adult." It's supposed to mean, um, and this is my understanding of it. It's supposed to mean desirable because uh, back in the day they would say something which is, "Don't you want a want a? Don't you want a Fanta? <laughs> want Infanta? Don't you want a want Infanta?" Uh, so. They basically, the reason they were trying to push this was if he could marry Spain, that could prevent them from going to war, but also align them with a source of funding for their exploratory missions across the Atlantic. Hey, can you give me money so that I can fight you later? Thanks. Yes. Bye. <laughs> exactly. Um, but Parliament didn't like this. So in 1621, which is as the separatists are over in the New World, um, they basically were like, fuck Spain, they're Catholic, we're Protestant, we should enforce our Protestant laws even harder, and fuck Spain to death. Oh, like, shit. Fuck that shit. So it was going really well. It was going real terrible. Just freeze frames. Yep, that's us. I bet you're wondering how we got <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now... At this point, King James was just like, quit fucking with my shit. I'm trying to pay for your nonsense. <laughs> it's like a parent who's like, can you shut up so I can pay for college? I like, just, swear to God, I will turn this country right around. How dare you not dance to your little dad? <laughs> just go full pageant, dad. Uh, James. Uh, so at this point, he dissolves parliament to just basically be like, get out of my face. I don't have time for your shit trying to run a country here get out of my room parliament and his son you gotta knock first (laughs) prince charles who is now 22 and the duke of buckingham decide that they're gonna take matters into their own hands so they incognito travel to spain to meet the spanish infanta and she's like fuck you and your weak ass shit I don't like you at all. I wouldn't marry you even if you asked. So they basically then returned to England disgraced. Infanta don't want ya. Oh, Infanta don't want want ya. Uh, And with like a temporary treaty that they then get back to England and are just like, we only signed that treaty because they were watching, but fuck that treaty. And they, oh my God. Tear it up. This is Um, the most petty shit I've ever heard. So petty. 
Meanwhile, but the British people at the time loved it. They were just like, fuck those Catholics. Oh, Old I world would... star. <laughs> so. I'd, I'd love the shit out of this too. I would watch this every day. You should really watch the Tudors, man. The Tudors <laughs> is fucking great. I'll fucking have to check it out. Uh, so as James is now getting older, uh, he has arthritis, gout, kidney stones. He was losing his teeth. And he drank heavily uh, and he was basically super sick the entire last year of his life. He sounds like a Los Angeles homeless man. I mean, yeah. Or a comedian. It's very sad. That is, also I that. said the, that, I said that. Yeah. yeah. Um, he becomes kind of king in name only where he's like not showing up. He's not going to London. He's not at parliament. He's not anything. So the Duke of Buckingham kind of, consolidates his control and partners with Charles who is James's son to take over so in early 1625 uh James also starts having fainting fits like where he would just pass out and have Mm -hmm. seizures and stuff Um, yeah super bad and he suffered a stroke but survived he then died a couple months later on March 27th during during is the important word here during an attack of dysentery oh a particularly God. violent attack of dysentery so he literally died on the shitter with Buckingham at his side oh could God. you imagine having to be the person who watches someone shit their brains out like literally shit themselves to death and you're just like of course your majesty like yeah no the second trip to taco bell was not a bad idea right so also if you want to talk to somebody that has had to stand next to somebody as they almost shit themselves to death hi andrea how's it yeah may i present you (laughs) right here (laughs) my lovely girlfriend so charles the first takes over also not a fan of parliament because they keep getting in his shit. So at a certain <laughs> point, he disbanded parliament and just rules on his own for 11 years. To be fair, he's pro- probably also not a fan of shit, period. Well, and this is also in part because the Puritans had gained some footholds in parliament. And he was like, you guys are always up in my shit. And he's just like <laughs> so tired of them. So in 1628, a group of Puritan businessmen decide that they're going to launch their own voyage across the Atlantic, and it's called the Massachusetts Bay Company. So they send a voyage across, they land, they establish two colonies, and from those colonies, they join some of the settlers already there, where they found Salem, Massachusetts. Damn. Which is where we will pick up next week. Hell yeah. Bow, 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 bow. I hope you guys are excited. I'm keeping it a secret for now, but <laughs> I'm sure you can't totally figure out what, what thing happened in Salem that we could talk about. How much dysentery is in there next week? <laughs> um, At least a whole cupful. Oh, oh, sorry. It's got to be the worst way to die. One of the worst ways to die. I have a squatty potty, so I feel like I I do fine. (laughs) Also, get a squatty potty. Change your life. Oh, definitely. Especially if I'm going on any cruises to the new world. Yeah, dude, live in luxury. You deserve it. 
All right, and that is the end of our episode. Until next week when we nice. cover a mystery. It's, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure most people have figured it out. That was really good. I like that. Thank you. I feel like you need to get into British history. I think you'll like it. Oh, for sure. If there's one thing I love, it's uh, pasty white people with questionable paths, pasts. It me. <laughs> <laughs> well, this episode, just like every episode, is brought to you by our Patreon donors. <laughs> Y'all are the best, and uh, one of the rewards that you get at every level is access to our bonus show, The Speculation Zone, which it's not a secret what's coming up. We've got Roanoke. We've got Roanoke coming up. All the conspiracy theories about Roanoke. And you know I love conspiracy theories. And you know how much I love the History Channel. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to have a special guest, uh, which we're keeping a secret for now, but... That's going to be so much fun. I think y'all are going to like it. Um, the he other was at Roanoke. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> His grandma was in Roanoke. <laughs> That's right. We got John Roanoke. Um, but the other thing you get is a shout out on the main feed. And so this episode is brought to you in part by Violet Beauregard. <gasps> Violet? What? You're turning Violet, Violet. It's a, it's a really good old-fashioned name. Oh my god, Violet Beauregard sounds like a cocktail drink. Well, it's it's the character from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. Well, Violet somebody's Beauregard. Somebody wanted to sign up as that. Is that the one that turns into a blueberry? Yes. Yeah. She's turning Violet, Violet. Oh, yeah, fun. Violet. You're turning Violet, Violet. Mm. She thick. She a blueberry. Mm, <laughs> Ooh, you look like a snack. A blueberry snack. <laughs> that was the doctor's actual diagnosis. Mm. Girl, you are looking like a snack. Girl, you got antioxidants <laughs> and omega threes. Girl, you about to reduce my heavy metals. <laughs> it, true story. Okay, so I work with lead and other heavy metals, which a lot of paints have cadmium, cobalt, all the greats. And uh, this explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She works with a lot of heavy metals. It. One of the symptoms is memory loss, extreme fatigue, and I forgot the rest. Just uh, like, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> memory loss, fatigue. Oh, God, God I forgot the rest. I can't even. I was working with a lot of Pantera today. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I like that the side effects of working with heavy metals are the same of listening to heavy metal. <laughs> I was using a lot of Megadeth in my paintings. But true facts, antioxidants will reduce the heavy metals in your blood system faster so <laughs> eat more blueberries if you don't want lead poisoning i like pomegranates it's fantastic this episode was brought to you by rosa lord of the tacos um i feel like i feel like we got to do some fighting yeah i feel like armando might have a claim to that throne yeah and that is i want to be clear not racist uh, <laughs> that's just because you eat tacos i have eaten tacos in almost every state in this great fucking country i'm sorry they're really only good in two states <laughs> <laughs> like, you're really pushing it in most of the states. I was gonna say it was like California. Texas is pretty good. Texas is pretty good. Um, believe Milwaukee it or not, has great tacos. What are you talking I, about? I refuse to believe. That. They've got like a nice Mexican population, but it's like, dude, once you've eaten Southern yeah. California Mexican food, there is no other Mexican food. We we did in Virginia find a Mexican restaurant that was 
as good as kind of weak Mexican food here, but it was good enough for us in a pinch. See, that's a fucking, that's, that's like the that's best you can expect. That is yeah. a compliment. Oh my God. Rose, the Lord of the tacos. <laughs> so come fight us for the throne. Yeah. Meet me at 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K number 237. Like, like the Chinos. <laughs> and come claim the cast iron throne. <laughs> Oh my god. So this episode is brought to you by Hat Bat the Hamburglar. Hat Bat the Hamburglar? That's what you sent me. <laughs> I love that we're like, hey guys, we want silly fun nicknames <laughs> for you, and you did not disappoint. No, you're no. just going with Charlie and Chocolate Factory characters. Like, who could it be? Nobody knows. It's I didn't not even realize- your real name anymore. I didn't realize this when I picked these three names at random, but these three names could fight to death in like a food related battle royale. This true this is true. And I'm picturing Hatbat the Hamburglar to be like the regular hamburglar but with a top hat and then when he takes <gasps> it off, bats come out, Sasha Velour style. Oh I get so emotional bats. I thought <laughs> I thought you were talking like go-go gadget style hat where like the top opens up and a a bat comes out like a a physical baseball bat. Wouldn't wouldn't that just be go-go gadget bat? Go-go gadget beat the fuck out of a dude. I'm just imagining a very violent hamburglar that carries a bat and beats people up. Did I not say to the death? Accurate. Go-go gadget rabies. Oh my God. He can literally beat Violet Beauregard to a pulp. If you would like to have this happen to you, or um, burgle some hamburg burgers. Yes, I I'm having a stroke, <laughs> <laughs> and it's because you've eaten too many tacos. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Uh, if you'd like this to happen to you or you would like access to the Speculation Zone or any number of the other great rewards we have on different tiers, you can go to patreon.com slash cultpodcast to find out about more or you can go to cultpodcastshow.com and then head over to the Patreon tab on the top or bottom of the page. If you want to if you wanna send me a mock-up poster for the Terry Crews Cruise. <laughs> I um, want to see it. Actually, it it doesn't even have to be a poster. If you can think of other amenities. (laughs) For the Terry Crews cruise, I want to see like a floaty. Like a life preserver for the Terry Crews cruise. (laughs) Also, thank you for sending the country songs. We're going to play them on a bonus episode. Oh, yeah. That's coming up in just a couple days. Very excited. Yeah, we'll be playing those on a bonus episode on the actual main feed, too. So you don't have to have Patreon to listen to those gems. Yeah, and so both our Patreon and our regular listeners can experience the wonder and majesty of our special guest. Yes. Um, so yeah, if you have other amenities or promotional material for the Terry Crews cruise, <laughs> uh, then go ahead and send that over to me at at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff. Or you can go to MondoDoesStuff.com for my show dates. Um, I'm headlining some stuff in San Diego in the end of this month. And I'm also... Um, in January, I'm going to be in like Arizona, New Mexico, Denver, um, San Francisco. Uh, and then we'll be in Panic Fest. Yeah, it's going to be fucking wild. So check out my uh, website to track that. And also just to look at it and be like, how is he going to go from here to here and survive? <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I'd love that. Thank you so much. Like I said, mondodostuff.com. Love you. Bye. Hey guys, Andrea here. You can check out my art on Instagram at Andrea Gazetta, or you should check out my website, andreagazetta.com. Just got some sweet prints in. I got bunnies that look like a universe. I got a panther crying and yelling about tattoo flash sale. I got a deer whose antlers are flowers and there's gold leaf on this print for some reason. All hand applied. Come get it. It's in my shop. Check it out. I love you guys. You're great. Wonderful. I really like the idea of having a a bat hat. Uh, So if you're willing to make me some sort of bat beret, I will leave that up to you. I'll I'll just bat beret is your inspiration. Take it however you want to. And I'm excited to see how it turns out. Please consider my Coco Gadget inventions. Uh, I'm just imagining you beret with a very fashionable felt bat on the top of that's it. That's what I was thinking. That could there, be so there's stylish that. I was thinking beautiful. if you did like purple, but with like a, a bat print, I don't know. You're going to get a beret with a fucking baseball bat duct tape to it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say you couldn't do that. Um, but you can send me all of your bat beret ideas at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. And if you're a fan of the show and you want to follow us on social media, uh, check out like behind the scenes stuff. Check out some of the cool fan made stuff that we get sent because we're going to start posting more of it as it comes in. It's pretty wild that anything comes in at all. Um, then you can follow us on Instagram at Colt Podcast. Or on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. You can also send us an email including anything including terrible hat inventions or songs for a country album with a bad name or... That time Terry Crews was a ship. (laughs) (laughs) Land ho. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Uh, You can send those to cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. And if you want to send us actual life preservers for the Terry Crews cruise. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You can send those to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like the Shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. You're going to get a Bray hat, Bray bat hat. I know it. I I can't wait. I know it. I can't wait. And I'm going to say for this one, don't drink the seawater. It's not good for you. (laughs) And don't drink the swamp water. You'll die of dysentery. And don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. I think this Taco Bell gave me dysentery. I I thought you were king of the tacos. (laughs) Yeah, that's his throne. (laughs)